It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. A lot of folks out there talking about whether college football will go on. We've got Coach Nick Saban. Join us right after this. You're listening to the Sean Pittman Show. Good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. Y'all know we've been, I've been excited about this show for a long time. Uh, not all of us get the opportunity to to meet someone like a coach Nick Saban, but to actually meet him and to, to watch him work is uh, is just a work of art, y'all. And and I've been promising uh, our listeners, uh, Coach Saban, that we would get you here. So I appreciate you taking time. I know you're sort of on vacation, if that's really possible for somebody of your stature. But welcome, Coach Saban. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, spring break for us. Uh, hopefully that won't last too long. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're enjoying ourselves. Well, uh, I want to jump right in because I know you have a lot going on. And, and you know, uh, most of the listeners know that I've worked with you a few times, a few years uh, during my work with the Orange Bowl coach. And, uh, and you know, one of the things in my work with the Orange Bowl, I've I come across a lot of coaches who uh, believe that somewhere like Alabama is like the ultimate college football job, head coach job. Uh, is there an ultimate job for Nick Saban or are, are you in it? now well i think i'm in it now because i have you know no circumstance that would you know interest me in leaving um in any way shape or form which has been that way for a long time this will be my 14th season so wow wow it's amazing people are very the people are very committed to you know having the best program in the country and uh doing everything they can to help the players be successful and that's the ultimate goal that we have and you know, we're just we're, we 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 enjoy the success and the quality of people and players that we've been able to attract there, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Well, and you certainly, you know, when people say who are the most incredible head coaches out there, your name comes up every time, uh, and uh, and uh, just uh, not just a coach, but a gentleman too. Of all the incredible coaches that have come under you, though, coach, I mean, like. Jimbo Fisher, I'm sorry, Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, and others. Uh, when you get across the field from them, and I know you do, uh, are there ever any any vulnerabilities there that you feel that maybe because they know you so well and they've learned so much from you that that uh, it might impact the game? Does that happen? Well, I think it goes both ways. Um, <laughs> right. Know them too. That's right. Um, so. That's right. But. You know, I've always, whether when I was at the Dolphins, Bill Belichick and I are good friends and worked together in Cleveland Browns for, you know, four years when I was his defensive coordinator. Um, You know, it's not personal for me. Um, I can't speak for them, but I appreciate the job that they did, you know, when they were with us. And uh, they certainly contributed to the success that we had. And, um, You know, we probably appreciate that more than they even know. And uh, I'm always proud and happy to see guys that, you know, have worked for you in the past that go on and do well, you know, with their programs. Um, And hopefully, you know, they learn something along the way that is helping them be successful. So um, it's, um, you know, we usually recognize what they're doing and they probably recognize what (laughs) we're doing. So... I, I, it usually comes down to the execution of the players, so right. uh, that's what I think we're all trying to get. Yeah, and I guess you you know you 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 can build a play and you can build a program, but you know you can't. It's hard to know what 
a player will do with what you give them. And, and uh, I got to think, as you're saying here, that that's the, the uncommon denominator there, that the players uh, can make a play uh, more incredible than even you imagine, probably. And, uh, and that's incredible. Um, how much, a lot of folks, when they think about you, Coach Saban, they, 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 they really wonder what drives you uh i mean you you seem to be very very serious about the work obviously uh you can't get at that level if you're not uh but there are guys with different personalities um you know Dabo sweeney seems to be a guy that you know has a lot of fun and and uh a player's coach uh to the ump degree and uh there are other coaches who who just seem more serious and you know they they don't it doesn't seem like they make a lot of friendships with it that they they just they're serious about their business but what 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 drives you to be successful are you the type of person that you wake up every day saying i want to be the best co- college football in, coach in history no i don't ever really wake up you know saying that i think you know my whole goal in this whole thing is you know try to get everybody in the program which is all the players sort of being the best version of themselves as people, as students, and as football players. And, you know, that's always a challenge to me, and there's a lot of positive self-gratification that goes with, um, you know, seeing people develop and and do well and graduate from college and uh, have a better life for themselves because they were involved in the program. You know, the goal of our program is... You know, to help everybody be more successful in life because they were involved in the program. Well, that comes in personal development, you know, graduating from school, developing a career off the field, and seeing if they can develop a career on the field. And, you know, there's a personal challenge that I would feel like I was letting people down or not giving my best to help them be their best. And, you know, that's really kind of what drives me. And obviously, you want to try to put a team together that. Um, plays together at a high level because everybody is sort of playing uh, at their full potential. And, um, you know, so that that's really kind of what drives me. But uh, I, I don't think if you would ask people that are internally uh, involved in our program, any player, that they see me like the media sees me. You know, they uh, the, the players, I have a lot of fun with the players. The players enjoy playing in our program. Um, I, I, I guess I don't smile much. That's why everybody <laughs> thinks I'm serious. But I have a lot of fun with the players, and uh, I think they enjoy being in the program. They all love coming back and uh, very proud of what they've accomplished there because really the fun of it and the fun of anything is really having success at what you're doing. Right, so, right. Um, and a lot, lot, of, lot of players have had a lot of success on and off the field, and you know they get a lot of positive self-gratification for that. Was a lot of hard work that went into it, but they feel good about it, and um, we're happy to see them doing well. Well, the good thing, Coach, we, you know, we're on radio and a podcast, so you don't have to smile. They don't know, <laughs> but I've seen you smile. I see you smile when the victories, the championships are done, and I've seen how you relate to your players, and and I can I can say firsthand that that all of that is true, and uh, I think uh, the way uh, a lot of folks see it is that, and and I think people takes. A part of it for themselves is that you know you're just very serious about your craft and and I think it's I think it's actually admirable and um, and I congratulate you for, for for all the success that you're having and coach you know we talk off field here about this but there's so much talk about expanding the playoff to eight games uh, what are your thoughts on the the current four team system versus expanding to eight 
Well, you know, I'd go way back on this. Uh, you know, when we only had two teams playing and everybody wanted to expand to four, um, you know, I was the first one out there saying that, you know, one of the great things about college football is a lot of players get a lot of positive self-gratification because they get the opportunity to go play in a bowl game for having a successful season. And the bigger you make the playoff, the more you're going to minimize the importance of bowl games. And um, mm, everybody's going to focus that's right. on the playoffs. That's right. That's right. And that's exactly what happened when we went to four. So I don't know that if we expand the playoffs, if um, you know the bowls can actually survive, um, which is too bad for the players, um, because a lot of players, you know, enjoy going to bowl games, and it's a positive, you know, deal for them to uh, for having a successful season. So uh, the more we expand the playoffs, the less importance the bowl games will have, and. You know, I think we always get the best four teams in. Um, I, I don't think that um, if we have eight, you know, people will talk about 16. Uh, they have 65, I think, in the NCAA basketball tournament. And, you know, they have a two-hour show on, you know, the teams that didn't get in, uh, the next four teams in and the next four teams out and all that stuff. So I think they'll always be... Um, you know, some kind of a controversy built around, you know, the last team in and the first team out. I don't care how many you have. Um, I think there's some issues with having, you know, an 18 an, an playoff. Like, when do you play the games? Um, do you give up conference championship games? Uh, I wouldn't be for that. I mean, the SEC championship game is one of the best venues that I've ever been associated with other than playing in a national championship game. So, wow, wow. Um you know, there, there, there's a lot of things that, you know, are going to be unintended consequences of expanding the playoffs. And, um, I mean, I'm not really against it, but I can't really sit here and say I'm for it because a lot of the things that are very good about college football right now would, would you know, get changed to some degree. Yeah. And, you know, every action has a reaction. And, and I tell you, as I weigh it, it seems to be less, uh, it seems to be fewer reasons to do it than reasons not to. And uh, you've said it better than I've heard it uh, in this argument. I hope, I hope some, I hope they ask you when the time comes. Uh, and I know there's a lot of politics in it that, that, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, a lot of us don't want to get involved in that. Uh, uh, but I, I, I hope it stays the way it is because I think it's been working. Um, Coach, you, you, your career um, in college football is well known. You also took a stint at uh, the NFL. You, you sort of went as head coach for a little while, but you, you, you checked in and you checked out. Uh, what, what, what happened there? Well, you know, I spent eight years total in the NFL, and I really enjoyed coaching in the NFL. There's a lot of, you know, positive things about, you know, competing at the highest level with the best players and probably the most parity, you know, that the league has, which the league's built on parity. Uh, all the rules, you know, try to make the teams as equal as possible, and I think that makes um, for a lot of great competition, lots of close games. Um, so there's a lot of good things about it. Um you know, I've always really loved college football, and every time I went to the NFL, I always came back to the college. I was a secondary coach of the Houston Oilers. I came back to be the head coach at Toledo. I went to Cleveland Browns as a defensive coordinator for Belichick and ended up going back to Michigan State as a head coach, and I've 
you know, I always thought that the ultimate goal was, you know, to be a head coach in the NFL. And um, But all the time that I coached in the NFL, we didn't have free agencies. You had the same players on your team for a long time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It, it was a little bit different. That changed a lot. I went yep. to the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, we had free agency. We had a salary cap. Um, so, you know, I know you've heard the story about Drew Brees and, you know, we were going to sign him in Miami and, um, you know, we didn't pass him on the physical, so we couldn't sign him. So he went to New Orleans and had a great career. Um, won a Super Bowl, been in the Pro Bowl lots of times. And, um, you know, and I, I just thought that when we missed the window of getting the quarterback, um, and, and that we, we were going to have a hard time being successful there. We didn't have a quarterback. When I went to the Dolphins, we were the oldest team. We were $17 million over the salary cap. We didn't have any draft picks because they'd given them away to get Ricky Williams. Um, so it, it, it was an uphill struggle, and we turned it around the first year and won nine games. And the second year, um, you know, we signed Culpepper or traded for Dante Culpepper when the Drew Brees deal went south on the medical. And uh, he was injured and um, on IR and you know, we didn't really have a quarterback. We actually had a better team. So, um, you know, it was, I just felt like I, we could control our own destiny in college a lot better. Um, and I love college football because I thought you could have a greater impact on young people at the 18 to 22 year old time frame. I, and I love the NFL and I love the players. Don't, I don't right, right. Way, but, you know, you, your your leadership and your influence and the kind of program that you can have to try to get players to do things that are going to help them be more successful in life, you know, probably you can have a greater impact in college than you can in the NFL. So I've always enjoyed that. Um, my family always enjoyed it. My wife's always been really involved with it. So um, we've been very happy being in college football and, um, you know, so... But sometimes you, you learn about yourself when you do things like go to the NFL and you learn about yourself. Oh, this is not exactly what I thought it was going to be. Look what I left. I left yeah. something that I loved, you know. So, And I loved it at LSU when I left LSU to go to the Miami Dolphins. You know, so, you know, you, you live and learn, I guess. Well, Coach, my, my, my mother, Wilhelmina, is a... Uh the biggest dolphin fan ever so <laughs> she's been mad at you a long time but i think this show is going to make it better i'm pretty sure about it um and uh wow you know people always say that it's tougher to you know it's tougher to to coach millionaires than it is to to coach college kids quickly is there is there any truth to that oh, i never thought so i mean you know to me if you're a good coach and you can help a guy play better uh because you do a good job of teaching them and helping him extend his career, make more money. Um, I, I never felt that all the time that I coached in the NFL, I always had a great relationship with the players. And, um, you know, they were motivated, uh, maybe for a different reason than college players. College players want, are motivated to graduate and motivated to see if they can develop a career so they can play at the next level. But uh, NFL players are motivated because they, they want to extend their career and they want to make as much money as they can while they're playing. And I think if you can contribute to that as a coach, um, I never I, I never experienced any 
any problem with that. Yeah, that's that that, that that's actually good to hear because uh, you hear it all the time. And it, you know, if you're not in football, you have no way to validate it. But if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Nick Saban, Coach Nick Saban, uh, arguably the best college football coach uh, um, in history, uh, and, and that's Sean Pittman's opinion. opinion. Uh, but uh, he he also has the trophies to to show it and. Uh, uh, Coach, thank you for taking time to come on the show. If you could talk to uh, yourself today, 20 years ago, would there any any advice you would give the young coach, Nick Saban? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, coaching is teaching. Teaching is ability to inspire learning. I think when I first started coaching, you know, I was more outcome-oriented, Um and I think sometimes outcomes can be distractions. Um, through my coaching career, I've gotten much more process-oriented, um, which means, you know, focus on the things you need to do to get the outcome that you want. And um, I think that's probably something that would, you know, help a lot of young people coming up. Uh, whatever they want to do is, you know, have a discipline to stay focused on the outcome not on the outcome, but the things that you need to do to get the outcome. And uh, that's probably where I've changed the most. And uh, that's where the process comes in. Uh, and if you have the discipline to stick to the process and you believe in it, you trust in it, I think that's the best way you can have success. Wow. I'm going to take that advice myself. <laughs> I'm a lot older than, than you would have been when you get, when you take the, gave this, give this advice to yourself, but I'm going to take it for myself. I appreciate it. Last question, Coach, and, I, and thank you for the time you've given us today. Uh, I know our listeners appreciate it. Uh, in your time coaching, you've seen a lot of great, great players. Uh, you developed a lot of great, great players, uh, both on your teams. Um, you've seen a lot on opposing teams. Is there a player you've come across in the past or present that 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 you that you never got the coach that that you kind of wish you had oh boy you know, i know that's a tough one you, i know that's a tough of one of the players that i coached you know who did who who did i you know like think was the best or enjoyed coaching the most and um i couldn't answer that one either um i can't honestly say that um you know, there have been so many great players that played for us um, and so many great players that we either tried to recruit or, you know, we had the opportunity to draft uh, in the NFL and you wanted the opportunity to coach them, but you never really got it. Uh, and you saw them play for somebody else and, you know, you really wondered what it would be like, you know, if you'd had the opportunity to coach them. So, um but I can't say specifically one guy. Yeah, there's just been so many really good players. Well, listen, Coach, you, you have been amazing. Thank you for your time and your friendship. Please tell Terry that, that Audra and I said hello. And um, listen, uh, good luck with the season to come. I know there's a lot of challenges, but, uh, uh, you know, your recruiting is 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 better than than anybody i know and and the teams are disciplined and you and you just show up and play alabama football so so thank you so much uh for coming on the show today and uh enjoy the rest of your time in florida man all right sean we appreciate it and thank you and best to your family thank you so much okay Have thank you day. thank you sir listeners stay with us we'll be right back with the Pittman point right after this
this. It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. And wow, 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 we just spoke to a true football legend, y'all. Coach Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, you know, my FSU folks are hitting me up because they want an apology, y'all, for uh, what he did to the Seminoles a couple years ago in Atlanta. But I ain't have it in me, y'all, so I apologize. But uh, no need to explain this, but... This guy, if you start talking about football, he would be up on Mount Rushmore, right? I'm sure y'all agree. So uh, thank you, Coach Saban. Thank you for joining us. And now it's time for the Pittman Point. Listeners, this morning, uh, I'm going to take some time in the Pittman Point to reflect on what's happening around us and on who it's really impacting. We have received a stay-at-home order from the governor, and it looks like uh, the worst is yet to, to, to come and when it gets worse, that it may linger for a little while and, and perhaps be more intense than we originally feared. But for those of us who are on the front lines of this, uh, this fight against COVID-19, there is no stay at home option. Imagine you're in the hospital room alongside other nurses, doctors and healthcare professionals trying to do your best to treat this ever growing number of coronaviruses. Uh, everyone in the medical profession all of them are taking precautions, scrubbing themselves, wearing masks, and yet the fear and the questions that they must have with each other continues to creep in. Imagine your eyes looking beyond uh, your mask into the eyes of somebody else who has on a mask. You're all thinking the same thing. Who's next? When will this end? Uh, am I really doing enough? Is this person across from me, the person working across from me, being as careful and safe as I am? Well, to the listeners uh, who are out there on the front lines of this war uh, against this virus, this in invisible disease, you're doing an incredible job and we ask you to keep it up. To everyone else within the earshot of my voice, if you've been lucky enough to avoid this pandemic so far, then ease the stress of our medical community and stay inside. We now know that this virus can be obtained through just breathing, y'all. This thing is bigger than our surface comforts. And if you think you're too strong or too healthy to get it, remember, not everyone is that lucky. So the Pitman Point today, and it goes out to doctors, nurses, EMTs, and all the medical professionals risking their health and their lives and their safety for the greater good. Thank you. All of us say thank you. You're doing your part and we appreciate it. Now we will honor you and we will do ours. This has been the Sean Pittman Show and we'll see you in seven.